Hello everyone, this is Sonali Mangal and welcome to another episode of Learn, Educate, Discover. On this podcast, we invite people from different professions on each of our episodes and we ask them a range of questions to try and understand what their job is all about. The goal of this podcast is to try and educate our listeners about as many different kind of jobs as we can so that someone listening to the show can decide does a certain job sound interesting to them and if yes, how do they go about exploring it further. Now, on today's show, we are going to be talking about online community management. And this is a relatively new role that has come up after a lot of internet-based businesses have come out that depend on a thriving online community. So as an example, companies such as ProductHunt.com or Reddit.com have some form or shape of an online community manager that makes sure that the community is thriving, doing well, and people are contributing a lot of different things. So on our show today, our guest is Shane Zhao, and Shane is the online community manager for OpenIDEO. Now, I'm sure IDEO is a company that many of you are familiar with. It's a very well-known design and consulting firm, and they've done a lot of great work in applying the principles of design thinking to businesses across various industries. And in fact, David Kelly, who's the founder of IDEO, his TED Talks are very popular. So if you haven't checked them out already, do check them out. And if you look at Open IDEO, what Open IDEO does is that it's an arm of IDEO, and they put out these challenges on their website and they try and get the global community together to solve those challenges. And these challenges are really quite interesting. So if you look at the website, the current ongoing challenge is how might we dramatically reduce waste by transforming our relationship with food? Another one that took place some time back is how might we reimagine the end of life experience for ourselves and our loved ones? So really very interesting challenges. These are the kind of things that impact pretty much everyone around the world. And Open Ideo then tries to get people from around the world to come together and work on those challenges. So I think it's going to be a great discussion with Shane today, uh, where he'll be sharing a lot of interesting details about what it takes to really get a community together and work together and create great solutions to these kind of problems. In terms of Shane's background, Shane comes from a background in design. He has a bachelor's in architecture from Rhode Island School of Design, and he also has a master's in urban design from Harvard University. So I really hope you enjoyed today's discussion with Shane. A quick note, we are going to be hosting a webinar with Nikhila Jayaprakash on sales and marketing consulting. She has come on our podcast before where she spoke about her job. And in this webinar, she'll be taking a lot of questions from participants, any questions around recruiting, how to apply, what the job is like, interesting and challenging aspects and so on. So if you're interested, go to the website at www.learneducatediscover.com and you can sign up. It's a free webinar. All right, so now let's get to the discussion with Shane. Hey Shane, hi, how are you? Hey Sonali, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for taking the time. I heard that you're still in the office, so I guess it's pretty late. Do you have to do late nights pretty often? Uh, no, not every off- not very often. You know, a good, um, a great part about being a community, online community manager is that I could often take work home. It just so happens that today, uh, you know, number one, I was expecting to, to chat with you. And number two, we were just kind of wrapping up uh, a couple of workshops. So, okay. yeah, not, we don't stay late normally. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, so it's, good. it's a good job for someone who does not want to lead a very, very hectic life, I guess. But, uh, you know, I am so excited to have you on the show because if I look at the Open Idea website, I mean, these challenges are so amazing. So let's talk about the one that's going on right now. Are you the one who's working on this? How might we 
dramatically reduce waste by transforming our relationship with food? Yeah, that's a challenge that I've been working on for the last a month and a half. Wow. So, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit more about this. Like, uh, are you enjoying it? Yeah. So the topic is um, about reducing food waste around the world, right? How can we reach zero food waste? And it's a topic that I think is very accessible and very relatable to a lot of people around the world. Um, and, you know, one interesting thing is that every challenge that we work on, the Open Ideal team, we try to actually embody and we try to live out the goals of the challenge. For example, for this food waste challenge, it's actually prompting us to become more conscious of how much foods we consume ourselves oh, and how much food waste we produce each day on a personal level. Uh-huh. So yeah, not only do we work on this on, on the platform, we also try to live it as well. Oh, that's so cool. So are you really reducing the amount of food you waste? How, how are you doing that? <laughs> well, you know, um, personally, anybody that knows me knows that I have a pellet stomach. I, I eat constantly and <laughs> I never stop. Um, <laughs> so reducing food waste is kind of uh, something that comes very naturally to me. But, you know, ever since the challenge started, um, we have been more conscious of adopting, let's say, habits or um, tips here and there to reduce food waste even more. You know, for example, um, our team started to bring Tupperware containers to yeah. restaurants so that we could take food home. A lot of times, um, food goes away because you don't have the proper container. So that's just a small example. Yeah, no, that that's a great idea. I might do that myself. I'll have to buy Tupperware first, but <laughs> I might do that myself. All right, this is great, Shane. And, uh, you know, I would love to learn more about, uh, you know, just how Open Idea works. And then again, where does community management come in? But before we get into that, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your career path so far? My career path. Well, um, I actually had a very different career before becoming a community manager. Um, so I spent many years working as a architect and urban designer. Um, and about two years ago, I transitioned over to become a community manager here at Open IDEO. And um, I think long story short, I was a top contributor on the platform. Um, I actually stumbled upon the platform through our friends and I ended up winning a couple challenges um, by becoming a top idea winner. And after that, the Open Idea team at the time reached out and we started collaborating. um, And eventually I joined the team full time. Oh, that is such a cool story. What was the challenge where you won? So the, that was actually the second challenge that I participated on. And it was a challenge focused on increasing the habits of recycling uh, on a personal level and within homes. So it's actually related to the food waste challenge that we're working on. Yeah. And what was your idea that won? So, <laughs> wow, I spent a while since I thought about that idea. Um, <laughs> so the idea was called Bottles, Bottles for Smiles. And it was the idea to uh, basically match every recycling effort that you make with donations to an organization that is going to help families without income to keep the lights on. For example, um, and the whole idea came from the, the notion that recycling a lot of times 
doesn't really generate emotional value, right? People look at recycling as something that is kind of bland. It doesn't really evoke emotional um, emotional triggers. So the whole idea was about how can you connect recycling to something that's more personal and that's more human centered. I see. I see. Okay. Very cool. Okay. And then and then so you I mean you enjoyed it so much that you decided to join Open Idea yourself as a community manager. Like, did you consider any other roles? Why community management? So community management was actually something that I was already doing before I came and joined the team full time. Uh, so Open Ideal has a series of um, roles called community. Well, at that time it was called community champions, and um, I was actually more or less working as a community manager on a part time basis with the team for actually a year or so. And um, so I was actually onboarded onto this role before I came on officially. And that actually just kind of came to me naturally. And I think, yeah, I think the the role more or less was something that I became really familiar with and something that I was really interested before I officially kind of joined the team. All right. Okay. All right. So tell us a little bit about Open Ideal. What does Open Ideal do? And I think for a lot of people, it might it, they might not have heard of Open Ideal and the challenges that you guys work on. So just if you can give us a brief summary. Right. So Open Ideal is the open innovation arm of um, Ideal. I think in the beginning, you did a pretty good job of introducing what Ideal is and how Open Ideal relates to that. But I, I'll just kind of... Um, summarize again, you know, IDEO is a design and innovation company that started over 30 years ago um, by helping companies and organizations grow and innovate. And about five and a half to six years ago, some senior leaders at IDEO said, hey, you know, instead of having 600 IDEO designers work on top problems, can we make our process, which is called design thinking, accessible to 600,000 people around the world, right? Mm. How can we scale the impact that we're doing through different means? And that's where the idea of Open Ideal came, came up. Um, Open Ideal was created as a platform where the process that Ideal has used successfully to help other organizations um, is made accessible to anybody, any individual who's interested in solving tough problems around the world. Yeah. Okay, yeah, and I, I would definitely encourage people to check out their website. It's at openideo.com. I mean, these challenges are really, really amazing. So I'm, I'm curious, how does OpenIDEO identify the challenges that, you know, you guys post on the website? How do we identify challenges? Yeah. Well, you know, I think more or less uh, the challenges, the topics come to us or are chosen in two different ways. A lot of times... Um, partners and sponsors come to us because they've heard of what we do and they have a, a project or initiative that they really want to scale up. Other times, we actually actively start conversations with different people, right? We actively want to scale something that we've been doing by starting conversations with like-minded partners. Um, so, yeah, you know, I would say half and half. Half the time, partners have heard of Open Ideal and the project, seeing the the collaborations and seeing what we've done in the past, they come to us. Um, and right now we've been trying to really grow a few of the programs that we launched recently 
um, by talking to people, to different partners inside that space. Yeah, and I, if I look at your website, I can see that you have challenges sponsored by Coca-Cola, Sutter Health, USAID. So different companies are coming to you if they you know, feel that they can use your platform to generate ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. And they, um, so another thing was, I just want to kind of build on how partners come to us, which is a lot of times organizations, they have an initiative, uh, a project that is fairly new and they really want to scale up the impact of what they're doing and also reach a really broad audience around the world. Yeah. So that's a really big reason why they want to work with uh, Open Idea because we are a open innovation platform that has a global audience. Right, right, right. No, I, I can see that's a great way to get the word out about any new project. But I, I'm sure you guys have guidelines in terms of what kind of projects you want to have on your platform. Yeah, well, Open Ideal is a, um, we are mission driven. So we, all the challenges that we host tackle either social or environmental problems. Um, for example, you know, we actually turn down a lot of projects that don't really align with our our mission to to create impact and to you know do good and to improve people's lives. So there 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 are kind of guidelines, but you know uh, we don't specifically say it on on the platform. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I'm just looking at your website, and I see that you know you guys have this process for how you guys um, run a project. So maybe you can walk us through the typical process that you follow for a challenge. So the process actually extends beyond what you see on on the platform um but I'll, I'll just kind of start by talking about the process that people will go through on open ideal and the process is actually very similar to how ideal works in terms of being a consulting agency we've taken ideal's design thinking process and methodology and made it um basically a virtual version that's accessible to a lot of people. And the challenges roughly are broken up into three phases. Uh, the first phase is called research. The second phase is called ideas. And the third phase is called refinement, right? And essentially, it starts out with people submit, submitting inspirations to spark conversations. Um, and then afterwards, people build on this the inspirations to start generating ideas. And the last phase, refinement, is where we select a short list of ideas to really go deep and to really start uh, building out what they propose. And eventually, uh, what starts out as a few hundred ideas eventually becomes uh, a, a few top idea winners at the end. And yeah, I'm just looking at uh, at, at the chat. The name of the challenge is how might we re- reimagine the end of life experience for ourselves and our loved ones. And you guys have like more than 300 ideas at every stage. So what I'm very curious about is I think here is where I would love to know more about your role. That what is the goal of the community manager in this entire process? Because I can imagine that what you do and how you manage the community can really make a challenge super super successful or not so successful right so what is your job and what are your goals right so i actually spend probably the most time on the platform um and as a community manager uh my role is i i guess there's the the part that a lot of community members see which is the the public facing part of my role and then there's the um, part that people don't usually see, 
and uh, which I'll talk about in a bit. But the the part that usually I spend a lot of time doing is being a more or less a dinner party host and also a TA for <laughs> people who are just learning about how the Open Ideal platform works. And I spent a lot of time at the beginning of every phase to kind of introduce people, right? Um, imagine you go to a dinner party and you don't really know anybody there. The the party host usually is the person who kind of sparks conversations and introduces you to like-minded folks at the party so that you could um, get to know people and have really interesting conversations. And essentially, I do a virtual version of that, right? So. Um, new members, when they come on, I'll, you know, I'll onboard them and kind of give them tips on how the platform and how the whole process works. But I also make sure that I'm connecting like-minded folks based on what they're talking about, based on what they've submitted so that they could start generating and sparking conversations on their own. I should also add that my role throughout the challenge actually changes. In the beginning, you know, I'm pretty much the, the party host as kind of facilitating a lot of conversations and introducing people. But towards the end of the challenge, it's pretty amazing to see how many people start to actively reach out to other people and to actively continue the conversation, right? So I almost become invisible. I see. Um, yeah, so that's actually yeah. the part that, you know, you'll probably see if you come to Open Ideal. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the part that's kind of behind the scenes is where I try to make sense of what's happening, right? Like I go, I spend a lot of time reading through every piece of content. You know, a lot of people are actually surprised to hear that myself and a lot of the people on my team, we actually take the time to read through every single post on the challenge platform. Um, and then we take a lot of time synthesizing, right? You know, which basically means we take a lot of time making sense of all the content that's coming in and distilling that down to uh, surprising or kind of um, inspiring lessons that we could take forward. No, absolutely. I mean, I really like your analogy of how you're the dinner host, but the virtual dinner host. So tell us a little bit more about this. How how does that manifest itself? Can you maybe share examples of what you've done to onboard new members of the platform, how to make them more comfortable, how to... like. I, I would imagine that for something like this, you really want people to come up with really innovative, creative, new ideas, right? So like as a as a community manager, are you working on trying to get the best out of people who are on the platform? Right. Um, you know, uh, the art of being a dinner party host, we actually have a term called cross-pollination. And it's actually um, the art of connecting people based on who they are and also what they're talking about, right? And the reason why we cross-pollinate, why we kind of facilitate conversations is that we we believe that it leads to more collaboration, which sparks new thinking on the platform. Um, a lot of times when people come to Open Ideal, they kind of think that it's a competition, right? Because it is a challenge where <laughs> yeah. winners will eventually come out. But we actually use the word challenge um, and open innovation because we want to kind of communicate that it's a community where people collaborate to solve problems together. And as a community manager, I try as much as possible to get people to start working together, right? Because when many different minds come together and many different ideas 
merge, that's when you have something new. Um, right. that's some people point. might come in with a very specific way of looking at a thing, and they might stumble upon another piece of inspiration or another idea that completely changes the way they think about the problem. Um, and we want people to become exposed to that kind of situations as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. No, I can see that. And actually, that's a great point that you bring up that, uh, you know, initially, I think the, the gut reaction would be that you're competing with the other people and you want your idea to win. But then you as a community manager is trying to make sure that the ideas build up on top of each other so that the final thing is sort of greater than the sum of all ideas, right? So uh, can you share examples maybe when you may have done this cross-pollination successfully and how that resulted in a very different thing? Yeah, so, um, you know, the cross-pollination process actually looks very different from the beginning of a challenge to to the end. And there were times when um, we used to connect people and not really expect what's going to happen. But over time, actually, I should uh, say that we kind of refined the, the whole process, right? And we cross-pollinate and with more intention now. For example, if um, if a person is working on an idea and we know that that person doesn't have a design background or if that person is a first-time budding entrepreneur, we, we know that we want to connect that person to uh, someone who's complementary, someone who has a design background and someone who... Um, is able to basically work with that person together as a team. Um, And for the last two challenges, the one before the uh, the current end of life challenge, the higher ed challenge, um, we started actually uh, kind of a a program called the Community Prototyper Program, where we intentionally match people who are idea owners and who have a lot of potential with volunteer community designers so that they could come and work together. So that's actually the latest version of um, how we facilitate that process. I see. And in the beginning, it was kind of more free form. It was more uh, very similar to being a dinner party host, right? But over time, we've become more intentional in terms of connecting people together, right? Because okay. we realized that those focused collaborations actually produce better results. Right. And so what I'm curious about is that internally, as a community manager, do you have certain uh, rules, so to say, that you've identified that, you know, if I if I find a person like this, then I should connect this person with a person like this? Or is it more like, you know, you're sort of involved in the conversation yourself and you're, you know, you, something tells you that I think this person should be working with this person? Well, usually it starts out with uh, common interest, right? Um, if if I see two people who have submitted similar ideas, um, you know that's usually the most obvious way to start by connecting people who are working on the same type of ideas or who are going in the same direction because they could often feed off each other, right? No, yeah. no two ideas are ever the same. So um, that's a great starting point. Yeah. And other times we, uh, myself and, um, you know, our other community leaders, we, we try to start spark conversations between people who are different, you know, because um, people who are talking about the, 
different things when they start collaborating that actually generates something new. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I'm looking at the Open Idea website right now, which again, I, you know, I would really encourage people to check out at openidea.com. Uh, but I, and I see a comment from you, which is like, hi, Dawn, here's some feedback from our panel of experts. Your idea is simple and easy to implement. We need to normalize death. So again, this is sort of a shout out to the kind of things you guys are working on. And so you've mentioned that, you know, how we are curious if there might be a collaboration with the idea called Cusp. How do we rebrand the whole thing? So, I mean, essentially, I think you're you're connecting this contributor called Dawn with another team who's working on an idea called Cusp. So I can and I can see that she is really appreciating your your suggestion over here. So so this this sort of symbolizes the kind of work you're doing right as a community manager. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. You know, um, there's been so many cases of this. Sometimes it's hard to pick one scenario, but that is a good example of how um, I connect people based on similar topics they're working on and based on their backgrounds as well. No, absolutely. And the other thing, other question I have for you is that I remember when we were discussing about this episode before, you mentioned that how you describe, you would describe your role partly as a dinner host and partly as a teaching assistant. So what do you mean by teaching assistant in this context? Right. So um, being a teaching assistant is a lot of it has to do with uh, facilitating and also getting people more familiar with the design thinking process, right? So open ideal, the way the faces, the whole challenge is structured is around design thinking and design thinking is actually what a lot of people want to learn when they come to open ideal. You know, a lot of people come to open ideal because they want to solve problems, but they also want to learn, um, the, the process that, IDEO has used to help companies innovate and help uh, companies tackle tough problems, right? By being a TA, I oftentimes would give people tips and also send them resources on what design thinking is, right? Um, for example, in the research phase, which is the, the kickoff of the challenge, uh, a big part of it is we wanna, want people to understand how to build empathy with the people that we're solving problems for, right? Before we start diving into the problem, we want people to go out there and talk to the users uh, and understand their problems and have conversations and to start making sense of what what they're hearing, what they're getting back. Um, That's a big part of uh, design thinking called design research uh, about when it comes to building empathy with people. So... In the beginning of the research phase, you know, I'll get prompts for people to say, hey, you know, have you talked to real users in your community um, to understand exactly uh, what their needs are, right? So that's a simple example of how I could more or less be, be a TA to, to nudge people to go out there and, and yeah. learn new things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great, great point, which is that not only are you sort of facilitating this discussion and making sure that people are interacting with each other, you're also giving them this additional information to really mold their thinking and introduce them to new concepts and new ways of thinking, which will help them come up with better ideas. All right, so can you share some of the tactics you've used to engage the community? Like, does it has it ever happened that people are just not giving good ideas? As, in, as, a, as a community manager, I'm guessing you're very good at, you know, creating a very vibrant community. So can you can you share ideas? 
Um, there are many experiments that you know I've tried, but um, more or less, I, I, I guess I guess I could start out by talking about some lessons we learned, right? When it comes to community engagement, uh, um, you know, when I first started out as a community manager, I think I actually made a few mistakes, which is I thought that by being a community manager, you had to be present and be everywhere all at once. You, you know, I, I felt that I had to be the person that knew about the topic um, and the person that was in every conversation right. um, throughout the course of the challenge and with a lot of the members, right? And number one, that's not scalable. Number two, it actually doesn't create a vibrant community. Um, over time, what I realized was that uh, it's actually kind of counterintuitive. A lot of being a, being a community manager is becoming invisible over time, right? In the beginning, um, for example, we talked about cross-violation where I personally connect people and personally send people messages. But over time, um, I want to be more hands-off so that the communities could start to build itself because people could start to connect with each other and carry on conversations on their own. So a lot of the strategies of community management has to deal with how do you get people to start engaging other people on their own, right? How do you get people to start um, becoming facilitators? How do you right. get people to start becoming communal leaders? Right. Um, and I guess a, a good example of that is over the course of the years, we've really invested in growing our community leadership roles. Um, and we, one of the, the programs that we're building out that we've been growing over the years is the uh, Community Cross Pollinator Program, which is where for every challenge, we bring back kind of really engaged community member, members from previous challenges. And we, really give them the power to become almost extensions of the open ideal team, right? We'll say, hey, you know, you've been amazing. We've seen what you can do and we've seen how well you connect with the community. And and now we really want to work with you to build a vibrant challenge, uh, build a vibrant upcoming challenge, right? And that's a great way to kind of build engagement in the community where you actually give your members the power to um to you know reach out and connect with other people as opposed to having the community manager myself do everything yeah 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 that's a great point so uh it's almost like a way to extend yourself and scale out the role of a community manager to people who are actually from the community i think that this reminds me of reddit doesn't reddit also have these I don't know what they're called, but there are a lot of people who designate themselves as the manager, I think, of the subreddit. And they they make sure that the conversation is well, going well, and, you know, people are not crossing a line. Yeah, definitely. But this is a great example where, um, you know, super users and top contributors eventually become uh, extensions of the Reddit team, right? Yeah. They, they believe in the product and the mission so much that over time... They just naturally assumed leadership roles in the community, yeah. um, and and other members actually respond really well to that, right? They they like it when um, community members actually take on more responsibility. And and number two, uh, 
still, when you hear from uh, someone who's, I say, a, a Red Dead ambassador, you you're able to relate to them more because they've gone through the whole entire process. Right, 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 right. And probably it, it acts as an incentive for the community members that hey, you know, maybe if I contribute more, maybe I can become a community leader one day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, growth yeah. in in any community. Um, the one of the reasons why people stick around is they want to try new things. They want to grow and develop themselves and also um, have new experiences. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, you know, that reminds me that has have has there been a time when you've had to act as more of a moderator? So, you, you know, maybe the conversation wasn't going, you know, you know, maybe it was crossing a line or something, you know, someone says something bad to someone else. Has that happened? Yeah, we definitely have to keep an eye on uh, where the conversations are going. Um, you know, on Open Ideal, we encourage a really positive and collaborative environment. So we actually keep an eye on situations where people are kind of putting other people down, right? Like it, a lot of times, some members, their natural inclination is to be the devil's advocate, to challenge ideas that may not be realistic at first. Um, and that actually discourages people from innovation. Yeah. And we, um, you know, there's been a few cases where I had to step in and say, um, hey, you know, on Open Ideal, we like to suspend disbelief. We welcome kind of wildcard ideas and ideas that may not <laughs> be implementable right away. So there's definitely situations. You know, a good example is in the recent End of Life Challenge um, where we brought the global community together to talk about death and dying. We were really especially um, attentive to the conversations that's, go that's going on. Um, doing the entire challenge was kind of um, brought together with the intention of getting people to openly talk about something that may have been a taboo or may have been a topic that they didn't feel comfortable talking about, right? So we wanted to keep our eye on uh, c comments that were negative because, you know, number one, it takes a lot of courage for someone to open up and share their story. So yeah. we really didn't want negative comments to come through to make that process, you know, a negative experience. Yeah. There were a couple of times where I had to step in and um, moderate comments that were heading towards the negative side. Right, right. No, I, I can completely see that. And I guess that's what probably makes this job really tough, right? Because you have to sort of uh, make sure that if, if something is not going the right way, you're able to stop, step in without really having to resort to, you know, banning someone from a community, although you might have had to do that also. So what, what skills do you think are needed to do well in this role? What skills? Hmm. You know, um, I think it, it definitely starts out by you having to understand the the products and the community that you want to eventually manage, right? Um, with every single online platform or every single organization that has a community manager, the that you know the experiences and conversations are very different. So for anybody who uh, is interested in becoming a community manager, um, I think a great way to start is to become interested and become really knowledgeable about the product of the company you want to work for. Okay. Um, but 
in terms of general skills, I think you're going to be spending a lot of time online. So understanding uh, how social media works, how behavior, how people behave online and how people um, engage with each other through a digital platform is also, you know, uh, at the very least, uh, a a big part of the day-to-day operations of a community manager, right? Um, You know, hard skills you can learn over time, but understanding how people connect with each other, how people behave, and what really sparks people to get excited is actually a hard part. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I think that's a great point. So you mentioned that how, you know, you need to be someone who really understands what makes people click. You, you you need to understand how do people connect with each other. And part of that will be driven by what kind of product you're working on. So, you know, like, I'm sure you're familiar with Product Hunt. And uh, for people who are not familiar, Product Hunt is a, is a community where uh, the members of the community submit products that they think are very cool or interesting. And then the others upvote or downvote those products. Or maybe there's no downvote, there's just upvote. But how do you think the job of a community manager for a product like Product Hunt would be different from your job, where you're the community manager for Open Ideal? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, well, I think with Open Ideal, especially, it's it's you know a big part of Open Ideal is centered around collaboration, right? We want people to have conversations, uh, more specifically, you know, meaningful conversations where people kind of connect and collaborate multiple times, right? So um, community management, a lot of it is centered around that idea and also about um, synthesizing and making sense of all the content that's coming in so more people could see it. With other platforms like Product Hunt, um, I'm not too familiar with the Product Hunt community management um, scene, so I'm not the best person to comment on that, but um, I think with other platforms, community management might happen more on the back end, right? You might be putting out, leading with content. You might be kind of um, doing more along the lines of uh, leading the community through content and having more private conversations as opposed to conversations that everybody could see. I see, I see, I see, I see. No, that's a good point. Yeah, so it really depends a lot on what kind of product you're working on. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then the other thing you talked about is how, you know, you need to be someone who is uh, who is pretty comfortable with social media. So I'm very curious about what your day-to-day looks like. Like, are you all the time just sort of browsing through everyone's comments and then figuring out what to do? Yeah. Um, my typical day, well, more or less... Uh, I could kind of describe the average of my week in a day. You know, now all, all these things usually happen all at once in mm-hmm. the same 24 hours, right? But um, usually, you know, when I get in, I spend, I usually try to block out time in the morning to go through the content because um, in the morning I'm more refreshed. I, I tend to um, be more alert when it comes to reading through just a lot of really interesting ideas and inspirations. So in, in the morning, when I get in, I'll block out times between one and a half to two hours to kind of go through all the content and to either uh, drop comments or to start um, putting together content that could be shared in social media. Um, and then around lunchtime and afternoon, that's when 
I think a lot of the the calls and, and meetings start to happen. You know, here at IDEO, it's highly collaborative. We almost work on everything together, right? Um, it's a constant process of working with teammates to uh, make ideas better. And uh, rarely do we actually sit down alone and work on something for too long. Um, so we're constantly having meetings starting more or less around noon to 1 or 2 p.m. And during that time, you know, I'll have really quick jam sessions with people on my team. You know, I work closely with the challenge manager on my team, uh, who's kind of uh, more client-facing, who also sees a lot of different moving parts throughout the course of the challenge. To We usually touch base, uh, maybe not every day, but every other day to kind of share, do a knowledge download, right? Like I'll share what's been going on, on the platform and the challenge manager will update me on conversations with the partners. Right. Um, you know, I, I also have jam sessions with, um, you know, our social media and marketing manager to talk about what's going out, right? Like what kind of content should we share with our social media channel so that more people can see it? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we also have, a series of these jam sessions really quick throughout the day with different people on our team and also with other teams at IDEO. And then I think in the afternoon, a lot of times I'll set aside repeated calls with our community um, leaders who I talked about briefly in the beginning, our cross-pollinators, our community managers. They're, you know, community members who are dedicating a lot of time to the challenges and who are essentially a part of our team, right? And I set up routine calls every week to kind of catch up with them, to see, hey, you know, like what insights have they seen that we haven't seen? What conversations have they had that we haven't had? And also what kind of support they need, right? A lot of times um, they might need additional resources where they might have questions. And it's also a great time for us to kind of share how we work behind the scenes. You know, we want to give them as much transparency as possible. That's a good point. Yeah, I and I didn't realize that you're actually having these one-on-one conversations with many of your more engaged members. But but that, that's a great idea because, you know, that'll make them feel very special and probably get them to engage even more and maybe bring others along with them. Yeah, and, you know, overall, as a... As a team, open team, we're pretty lean. You know, we're nine people, nine full-time members. So more or less, we're a startup. So <laughs> yeah. we, you know, we often look to our community members as um, kind of extensions of us to a point where, you know, they're not really kind of working for us. They're actually working alongside us. Yeah. They're doing the same things we are. And they actually probably have more insight into what's going on than, than us because they're, you know, deep um, in the challenge, having really great conversations. Um, and just by involving them in the process, it's actually just comes naturally, right? It's, um, we want them to get as much out of the whole experience as possible because a lot of people are curious about, Hey, you know, what actually happens behind the platform that we don't see on a daily basis. And we more than happy to share that knowledge and share that process with our community leaders because, um, they're the ones that actually are building the community over the course of the challenge, more so than myself or anybody else on the team. Yeah, yeah. 
So in your point of view, what do you think are the most interesting aspects of this job? I think, well, I mean, one of it is about is constantly learning, right? With OpenIDO, the unique part of it is that with every challenge, we have a different topic. Um, a topic that, you know, I'm often the least knowledgeable person um, you know, versus all the people who come and participate. Yeah. You know, uh, over time, I learned that being a community manager is also being a great generalist who has to kind of grasp and get a good understanding of the topic and also who's constantly able to quickly adapt to new learnings that people are sharing. So just learning new things that I wouldn't really sit down and learn on my own is, is, is a great is a great thing, you know, just the learn, whole learning experience. Um, and number two, you know, I personally meet a lot of really awesome, inspiring people, right? A lot of entrepreneurs come through OpenIDEO. And I personally have a lot of opportunities to engage with them on a personal level, not only on the platform, but also through phone calls after the challenge to kind of hear their story and what brought them to the challenge and where the plans go. So that personal connection is a big part of it, right? So not only to I communicate with people online, you know, we actually get to see them in person and hear their story. So that's actually really gratifying. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And I can completely see the learning part where because of because you're working as a community manager, not just at any company, but at a place like OpenIDEO, I mean, you're, you're working on really cool challenges. I mean, these are great topics to learn about, which I think would be very hard to learn on on your own or even to think about. Are there any aspects that you find uh, or just do not like? Well, you know, sometimes um, yeah, it, part of the job that's actually uh, difficult is, you know, because it is a challenge where eventually we're going to have idea winners, a lot of our community members do come to us with questions such as, you know, how come we didn't win the challenge or how come our ideas didn't go forward, right? And we often have to kind of explain um, how the process works and it has really nothing to do with the quality of the ideas. It really has to do with the fact that there's only limited amount of spots. But, but you know, being the person, one of uh, a few people on my team who have to explain people why they didn't move forward when you've seen how much work they've put into the challenge and you've seen um, how much dedication and and time they invested is actually pretty difficult, right? After you've gotten to know them yeah. quite a bit throughout yeah. the course of the challenge over yeah. the course of a couple of months. Yeah, no. And generally do you have those conversations in person on the phone or on email how does that work yeah sometimes it's a mix sometimes it's through email um sometimes we actually do have personal phone calls um especially with people who have made it to the refinement phase um we do actually try to take time out to have personal phone calls with them and um not only to explain you know how the selection process works but also to kind of hear about their next steps right even though you you're not a winner technically quote-unquote winner a lot of people are dedicated to taking it forward so we want to follow up and hear their next steps and 
yeah. try to find ways to you know give them support whenever possible. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, and I'm sure many of them continue working whether they win in the challenge itself or not. So I just have a few more questions from the point of view of someone who might be interested in pursuing uh, a similar a similar role either at OpenID or somewhere else. So uh, first of all, what is the typical career path? So if I join as a community manager or if I'm currently a community manager at OpenID or some other place, how will I grow? Or what are the options that are open in front of me? In terms of going forward? Yeah. Well, um, I'm not sure about the career path for community managers in other, other companies, right? But, um, you know, here, we our team is fairly flat. So everybody has titles, but more or less everybody um, does different things and everybody actually switches roles um, every so often. So, you know, if you're with a small team, if you're a community manager with a small platform team um, that's relatively flat, the, it's actually um, the career growth trajectory is not the standard growth trajectory where, let's say, you know, you spend a year, you get a promotion or you switch into a different role because in startup teams, you're kind of doing different things altogether. Um, but for community managers overall, I think, you know, it's hard to say because the community manager profession is still relatively new, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, officially, uh, the, the term community manager or community uh, engagement specialist has only been around for a few years. So the growth trajectory, the future of the profession is still being <laughs> built. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. a lot of community managers kind of transition easily over to social media marketing, over to content strategy, over to, you know, a lot of the other roles that they've already been doing. So it's really not, I don't know if it's kind of a growth trajectory upwards. It's more like pivoting to the side and pivoting right. switching roles with your teammates. Yeah. No, that that's very helpful. I mean, I think my point was more, you know, just to, to understand exactly what you said that, you know, what are the kind of skills you learn which might open up adjacent roles for you? And as you said, this is a new role and it's probably mm-hmm. found more in smaller companies, you know, startups to mid-sized companies rather than larger companies. So, uh, yeah, this it's still being defined, but I can see someone like you going into content strategy and things like that, uh, which are, you know, sort of related. Is is there something like a typical background for this role? Um, well, you know, when we kind of look at people who are applying for community manager roles, we do look for people who have had online experience. You know, do you feel comfortable being online for the majority of the day and also do you have experience working with people in organizations right you don't necessarily have to have a you know community management background in order to be a community manager uh, it's more important actually to to see candidates who know the product and who knows the mission of what we're trying to do really well right that's actually in my mind actually one of the most important qualities um the other skills are, you know, can you communicate well? Um, can you write and communicate your ideas? And can you kind of connect with people verbally through messages? Um, and what's your tone of voice? That's another thing we we'll look at. Um, and with community manager, also, are you 
experience with social media, right? That's not always a necessity, necessity, but part of community management is directly related to social media and content curation strategies. Um, so just having a good understanding or some experience with that is definitely a plus as well. Yeah, I mean, that that's a great, great list of things that you would look at. But then my follow-up question is that when I'm applying for a role as a community manager, how, how do I stand out? Actually, how first of all, how do I exhibit these qualities on my application? And then two, how can I really stand out from the rest of the candidates? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> for community manager, it's actually really important to be engaged with the community before you apply or during the application process, right? It's actually obvious, but a lot of people don't take the time to do it. If you're okay. going to be a um, community manager, the first thing you should do is have a good understanding of how the community works by participating in conversations or however the community operates. You'd be surprised how many people say, hey, I want to be a community manager. I have experience in social media and so forth, but they never bother to <laughs> take the yeah. time to actually you know, be a member of the community. So I think, number one, that's something a lot of people miss when they apply. And number two is, you know, have a great understanding. Even if you don't have time to engage with the community, at least take the time to understand how the organization and how the company works and have ideas on how it could grow uh, when you start having conversations or interviews. You know, I think skills-wise, it's kind of uh, definitely a starting point, right? You look at your hard skills, whether or not the person could do the job. But um, eventually, it's really about the person's ideas and understanding of what you what you do and how to take it forward. Yeah. That's actually going to get you the job. Yeah, so I mean, do you apply with a resume or is there something else that people apply with? Yeah, I mean, the standard resume and cover letter, um, okay. I think, is, is a default, right? But, you know, if you're going to be applying f- for an online role, um, your portfolio actually is your engagement <laughs> yeah. in social media, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be um, on the platform that or, you know, in, in the community that you're applying for, but <laughs> just having a portfolio of have you done online um having a social media presence um and having a variety of things that showcase who you are and your skills is is definitely actually probably as important or even more important than a resume and a cover letter yeah yeah no i i can see that And, and basically what you're saying is if i'm applying for a community manager i better make sure that i have a very strong online presence first of all so whether that's on my facebook twitter snap snapchat and of course first and foremost on the platform itself wherever i'm applying for a community manager role yeah um, or um you know just having a portfolio of work that represent you well is um it's also good you don't necessarily have to have you know 3000 twitter followers <laughs> or you know <laughs> uh like a thousand likes on instagram yeah. Um, some people think that that's actually what people are looking for. When actually a lot of community managers don't really have a strong personal social media presence. Um, they might have an amazing portfolio that showcases who they are and how they communicate offline, right? You know, writers who have published um, 
or who have written great stories that you can't find anywhere online. Yeah. Uh, but something that they could show you in person is, is a good example. Yeah. Or political campaign managers who, you know, worked on amazing um, campaigns similar to Challengers uh, is also another example that we've seen that where people don't necessarily have a great social media presence. Yeah, no, that's actually a very good point. And uh, basically what you're saying is the point is to illustrate that I know how to connect with people and I know how to get them excited about something and rallied around something. So whether that's through an offline campaign or an online campaign or your own presence, you want to show that in some way. So, um, right. yeah. And um, are there any uh, resources that you might recommend for potential job applicants either to learn more about the role itself or to prepare for interviews? Um, in terms of community management? Yeah. I, hmm, resources, um, I think it really does depend on, you know, like, I, I don't think I've come across any toolkits or, you know, guidelines for how to be a community manager, simply because, you know, uh, it's really kind of a, a, a field or sector that's evolved. Yeah pretty quickly or, or organically. Um, but I, I think the best way, the best resources is to um, watch and see how the community manager in a company that you want to join, how they operate and how they kind of facilitate conversations, right? Because the community manager role really is different based on uh, where you are and based on the community that you're managing. So by kind of doing a little bit of maybe online stalking and <laughs> shadowing that person and, and seeing their behaviors and their tone of voice and how they engage with the community is probably the best way. Um, uh, and that it really varies based on, uh, you know, the company and the platform that you're, you want to join. Yeah. No, no, I, I think that's a great idea. Just like shadowing people that you think are doing a good job and seeing how they actually do it. And now they have this podcast, right? They can listen to your podcast and see what a community manager does. But uh, <laughs> actually, is is there, I know you said that this is a relatively new field, but is there someone, like some community manager that you personally admire? Um, well, you know, immediately... <laughs> Um, you know, I would just say before me, the OpenIDO, they have another community manager, uh, the first community manager of OpenIDO, and she was actually the person that trained me, um, okay. Mina. She was actually the first community manager of OpenIDO, and she, she was actually a community manager um, of the platform for, uh, for four years. And she actually kind of developed a lot of the um, strategies and um tone of voice that the entire team still uses today. So, you know, immediately, uh, you know, she's definitely someone I admire because she was the one that I, I learned from um, during the onboarding process yeah. and also yeah. when I was a member. Uh, you know, it's, it's always great to learn from the person who had the job right before you did. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. Actually, can you share one tip that she might have shared with you when she was training you that really stuck in your head? I think she probably um, shared the tip of, you know, just to kind of manage how 
manage your bandwidth, you know, with community management, uh, you can't be everywhere at once. And there's always things that you need to kind of take care of because um, with any online community, it never sleeps, right? There's always content coming in. There's always conversations. Um, and she definitely shared a really simple tip that where, you know, you really have to kind of um, think about how, how do you sp- scale your presence? How do you manage your time? Because it's really easy to feel overwhelmed or even to get burned out when there's so much content and so much going on, right? And just to kind of uh, setting a, a schedule or setting boundaries or setting um, maybe a new strategy for how you could scale what you're doing is was a, was a great learning. Yeah, okay. All right, thank you so much, Shane. This was very, very helpful. I personally learned a lot and I'm sure anyone who's going to listen to this episode will learn a lot themselves. Uh, is there any other tip that you'd like to share with our listeners? I would say um, definitely just uh, jump right in. Um, you know, I I used to be the kind of person that did a lot of planning uh, and a lot of research, which I actually still do today. But I think the best way to experience any job that you want that you haven't quite experienced is to uh, just jump right in and find opportunities to um, do the job. You know, like with community management, it starts by being the community member first, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, just taking that first step before you actually know what's involved. It's actually pretty hard. A lot of people, it's, you know, it's hard to believe, but a lot of people actually don't take the first step. They'd rather gather a lot of information and study until the until they feel like they're confident um, and that they're, they know everything. But actually, you know, just to kind of take the first step and to dive in to find any opportunity to do the job is great. No, absolutely. That That's a great tip. And I definitely recommend doing the same. I mean, learning by doing is probably the best way to learn and learn very quickly. So absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for your time. And I, you know, I'm sorry for keeping you till so late in the office. Uh, but this was great. Thanks again. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it was great. It's great. I had a great time chatting. Um, actually, it's a great time to reflect on what it means to be a community manager, which I haven't done in a while. So thank you for having me. <laughs> no, absolutely. It was great having you. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Great. Yeah. Take care. All right. So that was Shane on online community management. If you enjoyed this discussion as much as I did, you can subscribe to the podcast. Simply search for Learn, Educate, Discover and you can find us on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher. Hit subscribe and while you're at it, leave us a review. It really, really means a lot. Of course, if you have any questions at all for Shane or for me, you can email us at hello at learneducatediscover.com or you can tweet at us at LED underscore curator. That's LED underscore C-U-R-A-T-O-R. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash learneducatediscover. And you can check out our website at learneducatediscover.com where you'll find a lot of helpful resources such as sample cover letters, an upcoming webinar on sales and marketing consulting. So if you're interested, go check out the website and see what is of interest to you. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and for your time. And until the next one, bye-bye.